You're listening to the Gordon Damer Show podcast on 98.7 ESPN. Yeah, we're up and running on this Tuesday, March 31st. Last day of March, certainly uh, <laughs> one for the books. But we are here. We are still rolling along, keeping on, keeping on. And uh, hopefully you and yours are hanging in there. We will uh, keep doing our thing. Of course, salute to all those keeping us safe keeping the world operating as it is right now in this uh, reduced state. But uh, if you're awake at this hour, I'm guessing generally you're not doing it for yourself, right? Like you're doing it because you need to be and you are relied upon and if you are needed. And uh, we thank you for that. Of course, you know the deal. One hour to run through it all. 60 minutes until uh, Golik and Wingo at 6 o'clock. Bunch of things to actually touch on today. So, uh, of course, if you want to get involved, the number you know, 1-800-919-ESPN. That's there for you. Not canceled, not postponed. You can still get us that way. I am on Twitter, on Instagram, at Gordon Damer. Twitter is where you can find our rewatchable movie bracket. We will be unveiling which regional semifinal is up for grabs today. We will recap the very much right down of the wire showdown from yesterday, which movie is the first one onto our final four. Yesterday, the matchup was in the wild card division and uh, really went uh, right down to just before showtime. So we'll uh, get you the update there. And by far a new record for uh, questions on a when uh, a weekday. Like the overall record is from Friday, but Friday polls we keep up all weekend, hoping to kind of boost the numbers a little bit. So we keep it open Friday, Saturday, Sunday. But yesterday, just in the, the 24 hours, new record for a poll question there. So uh, we'll give you that uh, details coming up. But where to begin? Well, that depends. I always ask my wife, uh, what, do you want the good news or do you want the bad news? Because unfortunately, we got both. It would be great if I could just come on and just say, well, you know what? Good news today. Boom, boom. You know, line up the things. We at least found one piece of good news. <laughs> and there's been a bunch of shows recently where we haven't been able to find any good news. So, but the good news, I guess we'll start with the good news, right? Let's get that out of the way right off the bat. Andrew Marchand with the story in the New York Post. The much-anticipated, much-discussed 10-part documentary series on the uh, Jordan Bulls has been, as we were all asking, all demanding for, has been moved up. It was originally set to air in June, right after the finals. He reports that uh, it's going to be released in April. He says uh, it looks like April 19th. There is an expected announcement today on Good Morning America. I don't know what time that will be, but it certainly looks like as we're all looking, especially sports fans, looking for anything to keep our minds occupied with the loss of sports. This seems like, and as soon as the NBA season will, I think it was that day. It was a, it was a Thursday, right? That we did the show. It was a Wednesday that they, the, the whole thing happened with Rudy Gobert. And the NBA then announced that the season was postponed indefinitely. I think the calls were on that Thursday. Hey, you know what? You know what would be a great idea? Move up this documentary, which is set for June. You have to assume that the reason they picked June, right? Right after the finals was over, you go right into that to fill the need. Well, now it seems like, you know, the one thing that everybody agreed on, if you were going to release it after the finals... If there are finals, who knows when those are going to be? Release it now if you can. Look, if everyone is sitting around watching Tiger King, I, I'm guessing that we will all be over the the last dance, right? Like that that'll be a major focus 
for any sports, but you're, you're sitting there at night watching games. You already know how they turned out. Forget about rewatchable movies. We're watching rewatchable games. And uh, the promo that they had, I mean, it looks like they talked to everyone involved uh, between people on the team, people that oppose the team, and Pat Riley. You see Kobe Bryant as uh, one of the people that they talked to as well. So I really, I think I just want the footage of Jordan just crushing guys, you know, just killing guys in practice. Just, you know, you always heard stories about him crushing guys and breaking guys down and, and being this incredible, uh, like psycho about winning and betting on whose luggage will come out first in the roundabout after paying the baggage guys to make sure his bags come out first. So that's kind of the stuff I want, the stuff behind the scenes. But 10 part documentary series on the Bulls and the promo itself looked absolutely amazing. So hopefully that uh, April 19th, which is still, right? That's still about three weeks away. We'll all try to find things to do in the meantime, but that, that's certainly some good news there. So that's the good news, right? We have, what, what are we, uh, five minutes into the show? Uh, that, that'll be it for the good news for the day. No, I mean, we'll try to give you some other good news, but, uh, the bad news, and I started by saying we got both. Well, if you had any real hope of baseball being back anytime soon, it looks like that could be uh, pretty much out the window, right? And really, I don't know what you consider soon. I think May 1st would have been about as soon as you could possibly expect. And that seems like anybody in their right mind realized that that was pretty much out. But maybe you were hoping, you know, sometime in May that there would be some some movement towards getting a baseball season up and running. It looks like even really the start of June is going to be out of the picture very soon as well. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announced that he is signing an executive stay-at-home order through mid-April for four South Florida counties because of the coronavirus hitting those areas really hard. Now, he originally said mid-May, he later clarified that he misspoke. That's a pretty big misspeak, uh, you know, misstatement there uh, in the difference between mid-April and mid-May. Now, the, the counties that he's talking about are Dade County, Broward County, Palm Beach, and Monroe. And those counties are spring training homes to the Marlins, Astros, Cardinals, and Nationals. The Yankees and 10 other clubs train in Florida, obviously. They remain under a more lenient, safe-at-home policy. DeSantis' South Florida decision likely assures Major League Baseball won't begin a second spring training until the entire state is deemed safe. So, look, it's impossible to know what what things are going to be like next week, never mind in May. It seems both incredible to me that as we sit here on March 31st, to think that we're going to be dealing with this, that we're going to be living in this new reality for that long. But it also seems impossible to think that things will be addressed addressed enough that baseball games will actually be able to be played by then. I mean, what we all want is a return to normalcy. And it's pretty clear, like while you, I think I try to remain optimistic But in the course of the day, there's always things that pop up that show you that you really have to be realistic. And the realistic approach right now is that any return to normalcy is not going to happen anytime soon because there's still going to be flare-ups. Even once we really deal with this issue and get things 
under control, which they are not right now, there's going to be flare-ups. There was just a story on Friday that in Japan there was a baseball team, I don't remember which one, which had a player or two test positive. So that team schedule was canceled. The whole team had to go into a two-week quarantine. It seems easy enough to get the season started, really until you start to think about all the things that need to take place before that could ever possibly happen. And there are stories, like we gave you the one yesterday, oh, well, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, they're going to play golf. It seems to be one sport that could kind of carry on uh, without too much disturbance. But then all of a sudden you start thinking about the things that would actually need to take place to get something like that event up and running. And it's not as easy as it seems. And Major League Baseball, it, it really seems like it's going to be difficult. Like, how are you going to have a season if there are still bans on large groups of people? All right, maybe you get the season underway with no fans in the stands. But how are you going to have a season if there's still travel restrictions? I mean, it just seems like the time where we actually return to normalcy in Major League Baseball can kind of open up their season or at least have a date on a calendar where it seems like, okay, maybe then. Still seems like it's very far off. I heard uh, Jeff Passan, he was on SportsCenter, I think last night talking about um, Major League Baseball, still confident that they are going to have a season this year. I wish I could uh, share that confidence right now. Obviously, they have more details on things, far more details than I do. But it just seems like it's a, a little bit of it is wishful thinking. And it seems like almost people are taking half measures along the way. Well, you know, if we could just get this, if we could just get that, when reality's kind of smack you in the face. And uh, it, the reality of the situation is uh, not very promising right now. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. All right, so coming up, the one thing that, at least right now, as we sit here on March 31st, we know is going to happen. That is the NFL draft, 23 days away. And as things stand right now, at least business as usual, it's going to take place. And Jay Glazer of uh, The Athletic was doing a mailbag yesterday that, uh, you know, questions from different fans and hit on something in regards to the New York Giants. So we'll touch on that. Plus, of course, it's the Gordon Damer Show and it is the Gordon Damer Show rewatchable movie bracket. As we move into the final four, our first spot already claimed in a matchup that went right down to the wire. And I have to say, I'm very happy with the way it turned out. There were some anxious moments. I'm not going to lie. There were some anxious moments in the Damer household. I was not going to be happy if things went against me. But we'll explain what the result was coming up. Plus, we will unveil the new region that we will be voting on today. The regional final. Will it be drama? Will it be comedy? Will it be action? Those are the three that are left. And we'll tell you who won the uh, regional final in the wild card too. We will uh, get the phones in just a second. But I did, you know, we were kind of touch, touching on the show yesterday and talking on the show yesterday about the draft. And that's going to be a major focus. It's always a major focus. But since it's the only game in town, it's really going to be a major focus. I mean, think about the amount of ridiculousness we get into ordinarily on the NFL draft. This year it's going to be even more so because uh, it's going to be something we're all focusing on because it's the only sports thing that we're going to be having anytime soon. And there was a story uh, yesterday, some German tennis official saying that Wimbledon is going to be uh, canceled because of, of um, everything going on with uh, the coronavirus and everything else. And Wimbledon's not been canceled, I think, since World War II. But um, 
it, the only reason why it came as a surprise is because maybe you're not that big a tennis fan like me and you didn't even think about it, right? Like it comes up in June, I know that. And yeah, by June, I don't think that we're going to be through this. So, I, I mean, I'm not really optimistic in regards to when we're going to get our sport. I, I look at it right now, I think, as like hope for the best, but definitely expect the worst. And it's not like a 50-50 thing where I'm, I'm both hoping for the best and expecting the worst. It's really more 75% expecting the worst and then like maybe 25% hoping for the best. But, you know, as we're talking yesterday about the NFL draft, as the show was ran out, we just kind of ran out of time. Uh, I was reading The Athletic and Jay Glazer had a mailbag. And among the questions he was asked about was Dave Gettleman. You know, do you think he's on the hot seat? Did he save, you know, the fact that he saved himself this year, if the Giants stink again next year, like they have for the last couple of years, the question was, do you think he'll retire? Or, you know, basically, do you think he's going to be out of a job? And Jay's response was, quote, from The Athletic, I don't know if he'll end up retiring, but yeah, I think he was close this year. He made a case to the ownership to come back and presented a plan for how he'll turn it around in a year. That needs to happen. If it doesn't happen, he'll be gone, and rightfully so. If he doesn't follow through, it's time to go. I would hope that Gettleman has also learned a bit about himself and his interactions with people during this process. Anytime you're on the hot seat, you have to look inside yourself and say, what's my responsibility in this, and make changes. All right, look. The Giants are pretty much where the draft gets interesting, right? Because, like, as you look at the draft, and, and not that mock drafts are a good indication of anything. Most of the time, more picks are wrong than right. But it seems pretty clear at this point, barring something really unforeseen over the next, what, 23 days, that it's going to be Joe Burrow, number one, and it's going to be Chase Young, number two. All the talk about, you know, maybe a team can trade up to number one. Maybe Joe Burrow will refuse to play in Cincinnati. That seems like that ship has sailed. Any talk about, well, you know what, maybe the Redskins, they'll take uh, Tua at number two because they don't know about them. No, they're going to take Chase Young at number two. So those two things seem pretty set in stone. The Lions at three, I guess that's kind of where maybe things could get interesting, right? If there's a team that wants to move up and trade up for Tua at three, that would seem to be the place. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, not that anybody cares right now. If the Dolphins move up and trade away stuff, to get Tua at three, I think I'm done. I think I'm out. I, I I know I've said it many times before, and it's trying to quit a, something you're addicted to. I mean, you should not even be taking him at five. But at least at five, you'll have other picks to build up the talent base on the team. If you trade away high picks for a quarterback after stripping down the team to the studs, that's an indication you have absolutely no freaking clue of what you're doing. But I digress. The Lions could be a team there that somebody, tra- maybe the Chargers, trade up to number three to take Tua. It seems with the, the Darius Slay trade, a lot of people are now focusing on uh, Jeff Okuda, the, the cornerback out of Ohio State. That seems like it could be the pick. Not exactly a sure thing. Certainly not as much as numbers one and number two. But that seems like that could be, um, as we get closer, something that starts to lock in as a, a need and a team that needs to, uh, you know, make some some changes there in the Lions. So then you get to number four, and the Giants. And the Dolphins are sitting at five, so there's the possibility. Anybody who, I think at this point, I'm, I'm kind of resigned to the fact at five, if Tua's still there, the Dolphins will take Tua. So if there's any team that wants Tua, you would certainly have to think, all right, we're going to have to move up ahead of Miami at five. So that would lead you to think maybe the Giants. That's a spot. Of course, 
We all know, we've all talked about how Dave Gavin has never traded down before in any round, ever. Not just in the first round, any round. I mean, that's kind of hard to believe. And it's really hard to envision that this would be the first time he ever did, right? Like the thing that uh, Jay Glazer said, he has to turn it around this year. Well, what does that mean, turn it around? Clearly, I don't think that they can be one of the worst teams in the NFL again. They can't win, I think, three or four games, assuming that there's a regular NFL schedule, which might be a big assumption on my part right now. But let's say there's a full NFL schedule of 16 games. I don't think the Giants can win three of them again and think that Dave Gettleman is going to keep his job. But you can't make the case then that the plan is working. But if they win five games, they win six games, improvement Right, Still young quarterback. You're going to have another high pick this year. Is that turning it around? I don't think anybody's really expecting the playoffs. I don't think anybody expects 10 wins or 9 wins or some giant leap forward. But is 6 wins enough to kind of keep his job? I don't know. I don't know. And when they made the decision to bring him back, it's almost unfair to decide to bring him back to hire Joe Judge, a guy who's never been a head coach before. And then for giant ownership to decide to themselves, well, Dave Gettleman is only getting this year and that's it. That's a really short-sighted plan. Now, I'm not telling you that Dave Gettleman's done a great job. No, I don't think anybody can make the argument that he's made a great, he's done a great job. I don't even think that most people can make the argument that he's done an okay job. I think he's done a bad job. But you can't then put the, you, last year was the time to decide. Is he in or is he out? And if he's in, well, then you have to allow him to make the moves that are necessary to look long-term because the Giants are still a long-term rebuild. They're not a team that's all of a sudden going to have the fourth pick in the draft this year, plug in a couple of offensive linemen, and away you go to 10 wins. I think it's pretty clear that he is absolutely... If it was not any more clear before... It's going to be that he's going to take one of the tackles. And that's probably the right call. I mean, it's definitely a need. It's an area worth spending on. Other teams spent. It's not like when you took a running back number two overall. That didn't make any sense whatsoever. It's an area worth spending on. It should help your quarterback. And there's not some clear-cut edge rusher because Young is going to be off the board. So if that's the case, it definitely seems like it's going to be one of the tackles for sure. And then... You know, do you find a center in the draft? Do you find a safety in the draft? Where do you go to try to find a pass rusher? Do you, is there a way to bring back Golden? Are you kind of set at that position? Because the Giants still have a whole lot of holes. And if it were anybody else in any other situation, I would say, look, if there's a team that wants to move up to four and you're sitting where the Giants are sitting, it makes all the sense in the world, especially for someone like Joe Judge, who learned at the feet of Bill Belichick. What do you, I mean, what does Bill Belichick do all the time? Stockpile picks. You can go through guys that he traded away and got back a pick and, and track that pick over years of the assets used when he got that, made that trade, traded down, picked up another pick here, traded down from that, picked up another, and allowed himself flexibility to find the guys that fit his plan best. That would be what I would suggest for the Giants. I just don't think, given the situation that they're in the last few years, and now what it seems like, maybe not a mandate per se, but certainly it's out there that you have to show improvement next year, that there's any chance in, 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 in God's green earth that Dave Gettleman is going to be looking long-term when he has to look short-term. 
1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. You know, let's squeeze in a couple of calls here because um, that's what we do. 1-800-919-ESPN. Let's go out to, uh, is it Chris in Jersey? Chris, what's going on, my man? Hey, how you doing today, Gordon? I'm good, man. What's up? uh, Just want to say thank you for uh, being on the air in the morning. I'm still going to work every day, so listening to you makes it a little easier. Look, man, this is is the, uh, no one has an easier gig than me right now. So uh, (laughs) thank you for getting out there and and doing your job, man. Um, As for what I want to say was I'm a big Dolphins fan just like you, and I don't understand your stance on Tua. I mean, we're trying to uh, build a team here, and you've got to start with the quarterback. You know, you add some talent this offseason if you don't go Tua, and all of a sudden you're winning seven, eight games, nine games, when you get in your quarterback. Because at that point, you're never getting a franchise quarterback unless you get lucky. So I think uh, Tua are a bust. No, I, I would see. I would not say that, Chris. I, look, it has to, it, it's not – when you're going into the draft, it's not like you're shopping at a supermarket where every you know are I need uh, cookies and all the cookies are the same you have to find the quarterback that you truly believe in that you're willing to risk your career if you're you know Chris Greer or or you're you know anybody involved in the Dolphins front office that you're willing to bank your career this is going to be the guy and given the situation that the Dolphins are in it's not a one year rebuild so they have a lot of picks this year. They have a lot of picks next year. You have to find your guy over the next two years, I would say. And just simply going out and getting a quarterback this year, thinking that you have to have him when there's not really any talent base in place after you stripped it down to the studs is is a bit of a reach to me. Now, I don't think that you have to go and get your quarterback this year. Now, you have to get him at some point here over the next two years. But to me, Tua, given the red flags that he has, that is not a guy I am betting my career on. He is coming off a very significant injury and one that it's all well and good that the doctors will tell me he's good to go. I don't know that you can, even in a, in a normal situation, if it had been a normal draft and you would have been able to like take, bring him in and give, give him you know exams and everything else, that you could have any real faith that that guy is going to be healthy long-term because it's not just this one injury he's had. He's been kind of banged up even in college. So uh, to me, that is not the pick that I, I – I'm not forcing my hand there. I'm kind of resigned to the fact that that's where they're going to go at five if he's there, and I guess I'll kind of live with that. What I can't do is start to fall into this trap of thinking, well, I have to have him and only him – and trade away picks because that's going to be really expensive. You're going to have to trade away at least another first round pick. That's a move that I absolutely can't make if I'm the Dolphins. I need to stockpile this team with as many picks as possible, as much talent as possible at all the positions and look to find a quarterback. Absolutely. I just don't think it has to be at five and it has to be Tua. All right. All right, Chris. Thank you. for the call. All right. Is Chris still there? All right, Chris is gone. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Sal is in Aberdeen. Sal, what's going on, man? Hey, Gordo. A um, couple of things. With the virus, um, I spoke to you a few weeks ago, and we were talking about when baseball was going to come back, and I was saying then I didn't think it was going to come back until after Memorial Day. I mean, I'm even having reservations now about baseball this year. I mean, they say that it's going to peak here in a couple more weeks. And then, you know, it's going to roller coaster across the country. Who knows when it's going to peak in other parts of the country? And then logistically, you have to worry, like you said, about travel. How are these teams going to go to, say, Milwaukee if it hasn't peaked there until, say, until June? 
you know, it, it's going to be it's going to be a nightmare for sports this year. You know, that's, that's my my core on it. You know, and um, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be it's going to be a nightmare for everything for for the year 2020. I think uh, this is going to I don't think it's going to be some quick resolution. I hope it is. As I said before, you know, I I'm hoping for the best, but I'm expecting the worst, but it's not a 50-50 proposition right now. If I had to to look at it, I'd say it's probably more 75 expecting the worst and 25% hoping for the best. So, yeah, I think that uh, we are we are just at the tip of the iceberg. Uh, to think about what sports are going to be canceled. And I'm hoping that Major League Baseball, Jeff Passan certainly knows way more about it and, and certainly has talked to way more people than I ever will about the feeling within Major League Baseball. But I, I just look at, and maybe it's because I'm just overwhelmed by the realities of things, of watching the news and trying to stay away from the news and being sucked into the news. But it just feels like the chances of this getting done and wrapped up to a significant level is very hard to believe that there's going to be a, a real representative baseball season. Because if you get to June 1st, right, and nothing has happened, how how little of a baseball season can you have and think that it will still take place, right? Like if it's not June 1st, July 1st. All right. So you're saying we'll play July, August, September. Is that enough to be able to, to squeeze in what, maybe 80 games? I think that's probably still enough, but then, I mean, that's really, I think the, the, the last point, right? Like that has to be 80 games seems like the least amount of games that you, you can't play 60 games and think it's a baseball season. So I, I don't know. I, I don't think that they could know right now. But I would say that the signs are not exactly pointing to a lot of favorability of, a, of, of, of anything taking place anytime soon. We want to keep this excellence going. Unbelievable. Once you reach the top, where do we go from here? At some point, the team is not going to meet the expectation. <laughs> I like the way you think. What time is it? Not a good day for Michael Jordan. Pittman is now demanding a trade. The expectations are certainly high. Come on, come on, think positive, In the post-game locker room, the word I heard most was adversity. Have you learned to deal with that yet? Take it easy, guys. The only question, how long can it last? Thank God it finally ended, though. Hey, it's the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. That is from The Last Dance. That is the 10-part documentary series that uh, focuses on the Jordan Bulls, and which was originally scheduled to air in June, I guess following the NBA Finals. But since the NBA Finals, who knows if there will be any NBA Finals. It certainly doesn't feel like... I mean, if you were looking right now at the sports landscape, right? And there's already been talk that the NFL season could be impacted by this. Certainly the Major League Baseball season, we're, we're having that conversation about when it might take place. It, it's impossible to, to really think about when that would take place right now. And uh, Jeff Passan talking about how baseball is still optimistic that they will get a season in and that they will be the first ones back to kind of help us through all this. And it would be great to think that that will take place. Uh, it seems uh, a little bit um, far-fetched right now, or it seems a little pie in the sky right now to think that that's going to take place anytime soon, if at all. 
But it certainly feels like the NBA and NHL seasons, whether or not they ever return for this season, this year, seems like it's really far-fetched right now. But uh, at least the Jordan Bulls miniseries, documentary series, The Last Dance, which uh, everybody, as soon as the NBA season was canceled, it seemed like everyone was in agreement. Hey, move that up. We're going to need something to watch sports-wise. Move it up. And they have, are they at least apparently uh, going to do that? And uh, we'll get the official word later today on Good Morning America. It looks like uh, April 19th is the date. So we'll all sit around until then and watch Tiger King over and over again. All right, it's the Gordon Damer Show, 98.7. All you cool cats and kittens out there. Uh, it is the Gordon Damer Show. We take you up until 6 o'clock, at which time it is Golik and Wingo that come your way. But, uh, of course, what we have been focusing our attention on without any sports to watch is all the rewatchable movies that we enjoy. And our rewatchable movie bracket is now uh, moving into the final four. And yesterday, very int- I, I, I was trying to figure which, which region do we go with right off the bat. And I decided to go with the wildcard region. One with filled with upsets, the number one seed, the Big Lebowski, biting the dust right off the bat. The number three seed in that region was Boogie Nights. They went down in a in a in a flaming mess right out of the out of the gate, and it's been upset after upset in that region. And it's been a region that has brought us, I think, our closest matchups overall. The closest matchup in the entire tournament was between Donnie Brasco and 48 Hours, which came in that one. That one was separated by just mere percentage points. And then yesterday, the regional final in that region, back to the future, the number seven seed, against the number 13 seed, the hangover. The hangover really has been hanging around. And despite my uh, not being really a movie for me, I don't believe I've ever rewatched The Hangover. And clearly it's one that is just lost on me, and it, 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 I'm not a good uh, indicator of what the audience feels because people have loved The Hangover. I've had so many people tell me you're, you're completely off base on The Hangover, but would it be able to stand up to the number seven seed, Back to the Future? There you go, the music is in. Well, yesterday, right out of the box, Back to the Future grabbed a, a, a pretty good lead, and generally... Once we get done with the show, you'll get a good read a lot of times on how the poll question is going to go. Not that the numbers aren't going to continue to climb, but generally the percentage, even 10% of the voting audience, it generally kind of stays the same a lot of times. So Back to the Future had a little bit of a lead early on, and then it, it started to close. It started to close a lot, and then it was even... I mean, pretty much all day yesterday. Now, we got 1,400 votes, or just over 1,400 votes. At 1,200 votes, it was dead tied, 50-50. But in the end, moving on is the number seven seed, Back to the Future. Give me, give me a tab. Tab? I can't give you a tab unless you order something. All right, give me a Pepsi free. You want a Pepsi, pal? You're going to pay for it. Look, just give me something without any sugar in it, okay? Some of that sugar. Marty McFly moving on. Hello, McFly. McFly is on to uh, the final four. So back to the future, the number seven seed. Not how I would have drawn it up coming into the tournament. I don't think that back to the future could hold a candle to some of the other movies in that region. 
Wasn't Pulp Fiction in that region? They were like a number three or a number four seed. Boogie Nights was a number three seed. Rocky Two was in that region. Certainly a very rewatchable movie. And the number one seed, The Big Lebowski, they all fall. Very, actually very early on. But Back to the Future is able to withstand the challenge of the hangover and wins. I think, you know, it's weird on Twitter. It will, um, on some devices, I think on my Apple devices, it will just say that Back to the Future won 51-49. But on my laptop, for whatever reason, it will break it down into percentage points. And it says uh, Back to the Future won 50.6 to 49.4. So that is not the closest matchup that we've had the entire tournament. That was actually Donnie Brasco and um, 48 Hours. That one was... 50.1 to 49.9 but this one I mean you can't really get much closer than that and this this poll had I think about twice as many votes so congratulations to back to the future our first entry into the final four but of course we just keep rolling on you know in the NCAA tournament they have days off we have no days off when it comes to the rewatchable movie bracket so the decision was which bracket would be next would it be drama, which is real? I mean, when you really get down to it, that's the one I think everybody's going to be looking for. So we'll hold that one off for another day. I don't know what day most people listen. It feels like either Wednesday or Thursday. Could it be the action region between The Dark Knight and Die Hard? I'll be honest with you. I don't think I can take a Die Hard loss at this point. So we will go to the comedy region and the matchup there. For a spot in the final four. First up, the number two seed, my cousin Vinny. Lisa, I don't need this. I swear to God, I do not need this right now, okay? I got a judge that's just aching to throw me in jail. An idiot who wants to fight me for $200. Slaughtered pigs. Giant loud whistles. I ain't slept in five days. I got no money, a dress code problem, and a little murder case, which in the balance holds the lives of two innocent kids. Not to mention your biological clock, my career, your life, our marriage. And let me see, what else can we pile on? All right, so my cousin Vinny, which has had a very strong tournament in the opening round, took out Ace Ventura, followed that up, by taking down Major League and then took out the number three seed Anchorman. On the other side of that region, very impressive resume so far for the number 13 seed Wedding Crashers. I almost numbchucked you. You don't even realize. Ouch. <laughs> yeah. Is this your place? No. No, 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 no. No, I live with my mom. Oh. Yeah. You hungry? Hey, Ma! Can we get some meatloaf? All right, so Wedding Crashers, My Cousin Vinny, that is the matchup for the regional final in the comedy bracket. Wedding Crashers, just to give you their resume, boy, you talk about taking that. I mean, they have they have been the giant killers. Opening round took out Animal House. And really, in terms of iconic comedies, you would have to say out of all the movies that we came up with in the comedy region, Animal House might be the most iconic. Took them out in the opening round. Took out Dumb and Dumber in the second round, which I think is probably, to me, one of the funniest movies there. But it's not really all that rewatchable. Like, once you've seen it once, I don't know how rewatchable it is. 
and then in the last round took out the number one seed Ferris Bueller, which is, I think, the most rewatchable of all of them, but uh, obviously people did not agree. So you can vote on the comedy region final, the number two seed My Cousin Vinny versus the number 13 seed Wedding Crashers, just to kind of break it down for myself. I think Wedding Crashers might be the funnier movie, but to me, it's not even close. My Cousin Vinny is by far the more rewatch. I just get sucked in every single time it's on. Joe Pesci, just unbelievable. It is important to remember in these trying times that we need to pull together as a community. Small businesses all over are going to be feeling the lasting impacts, the effects of the uh, coronavirus pandemic for a very, very long time. So if you're a small business trying to get word out, you're still up and running, you're still serving your community, let us know. Send us an email, 987ESPN at gmail.com. Tell us your story. Tell us where you're operating. Tell us what it is you do. Give us some of the details and we can pass the word along to our community, our listeners. And you can be like Manny's Pizza, located 1382 Morris Avenue, Union, New Jersey. And they are doing pickup and delivery. Open 11A to 9P Monday through Friday, 11A to 5P on Saturday. You can call them 908-687-4200 to place your order. And it's important, you know, if there's places and businesses, and I guess it's mostly restaurants, right, that we're talking about, that you love in your area, you know, now is the time to really kind of support them. Uh, because if you want them to be around when this is all said and done, I think for a lot of them, you got to support them right now. So uh, you can certainly, if you're one of those businesses, let us know, 987ESPN at gmail.com. Uh, as we take you up until 6 o'clock, at which time it is Golik and Wingo that come your way. Brian, just a little message. I cannot see the uh, call screen right now, so if you could pop that up again, I would appreciate it. But uh, just to kind of recap the show here, as we take you up until Golik and Wingo, the, uh, the good news today is that if you are one of those people that wants the Bulls documentary, that 10-part documentary series on ESPN called The Last Dance, to be up and running, that uh, before the set date of June, well, good news for you, my friend, because it looks like we'll get the official announcement later today. April 19th is when it will air. We'll get that announcement on Good Morning America a little later this morning, The Last Dance. So that's something good. We've all been desperate for something to watch. I think a lot of us have um, kind of congregated around the Tiger King, which has been, I think, the biggest <laughs> beneficiary of uh, the loss of sports and uh, everything that's been going on in the world. You, you just want, you know, there's a lot of bad crazy out there. Uh, the Tiger King certainly has capitalized on that and has been the king of uh, this whole pandemic in terms of an entertainment that everybody is watching. And if you have not watched it so far, you know, st strap in for a wild ride, my friend, because that's what it is. It is like, as I uh, likened it to yesterday, the uh, Royal Rumble, but it's a Royal Rumble of craziness. So uh, that's the good news this morning. If you want some good news that uh, we, it looks like we're going to get the uh, documentary a little sooner than later. The bad news is there's a lot of it. I mean, you're going to need to be more specific. But uh, the, the bad news that we focused on today was about uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis announcing that he's signing an executive stay-at-home order through mid-April for four South Florida communities because of the coronavirus. Those communities are Dade, Broward, Palm Beach, and Monroe. And what that means from a sports point of view is that if you're someone who wants to see baseball up and running here before too long, it does not look like that's going to be the case. And if you're talking about a stay-at-home order, through mid-April, you're talking about those communities, those counties 
those are home to the Marlins, the Astros, the Cardinals, and the Nationals. So Major League Baseball is not going to start any you know second spring training until I think the entire stage is kind of set and that the state of Florida, the state of Arizona are all in the clear, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. So our rewatchable movie bracket, that's up and running as well. Our poll question on Twitter, at Gordon Damer. Both are on. Which are you watching today? It's the comedy regional semifinal, My Cousin Vinny against Wedding Crashers. Which one is more rewatchable? That's up for you. You can vote on that. Yesterday's poll question came right down to the wire in uh, Back to the Future, just beating The Hangover, 50.6 to 49.9. But uh, let's can we squeeze in another call here, Brian? Do we have time? Yeah. All right. Let's go out to uh, Back to the Phones, 1-800-919-ESPN. Lewis in Whippany, my buddy. What's going on there, pal? Hey, how you doing, Gordon? Yeah. What's hey, up? Listen, I wasn't really planning to call in today, but I was yeah. just uh, listening to uh, the commercial for uh, the Michael K. Show with yeah. Governor uh, Phil Murphy. Yeah. And uh, it's true what he says. Um, you know, so what is it? You, you weren't listening to my show. You were just listening to the commercials. That's kind of insulting. <laughs> no, I was listening to yours. Uh, thank you. Uh, there's um, and it's true what he was what he was telling them that there's people out there like I know I've called multiple times and said that I do appreciate that you guys are on. And, you know, you're downplaying and say that your job is easy and everything. But nah, man, like, if you think about it, there's not really much that people have uh, when it comes to being uh, part of the normal routine. And for a lot of us, coming to work and driving around and doing what we do and listening to the show is, is as normal as it gets. And, uh, you know, just like always, um, just I hope people are not, like in Florida, man, people are just not taking this too seriously. I actually just had a family member passed away uh, yesterday. And, um, no, you know, there's, I mean, I wish I could say, I wish there was more that we could have done, but at this point, since we don't really know anything, there's nothing that we can do. But the fact that you guys are doing your job, actually, it it makes a huge difference. It makes me laugh. It makes me uh, feel good. And like I said, as sad as it sounds, it's, you know, gives me something to look forward to. Uh, and I just appreciate you guys being on. Hey, Lewis, I mean, in terms of the people that are, and and you're one of them up and, and, and doing your thing and, uh, you know, you're essential right now. And it's not just, and thank you for the call, Lewis. It's not just the people who are on the front lines who are obviously the most important people right now, the doctors, the nurses, the hospital workers, all everybody that makes that thing run, all the people that are working at these testing sites, all the, the amount of infrastructure you need for that, all those people. But it's all the other people that are allowing us who are staying in our houses to kind of function still. Right. The delivery guys, the cooks, the places that take, you know, you get some takeout here and there. All those people are still going in. So, I mean, look, what we do, it's simple. Uh, and we, we hope we can kind of be your little bit of an oasis in these trying times. But uh, and uh, the rewatchable movie bracket is something that's given some people some fun. So hopefully you can vote on that one there. We'll be um, running it as long as we can. And um, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. So we'll be back tomorrow starting at five. Hang in there. Be safe. Stay home. And we'll see you then. 98.7 FM ESPN. News. This is the Gordon Damer show on 98.7 ESPN.